Hello everybody and welcome back to the Chelsea Overseas Podcast. Today we will recap Chelsea's games against Liverpool and Leicester and look ahead to Chelsea's final game against Watford. With that said, let's get right into the Chelsea vs Liverpool FA Cup game. This was a very unfortunate result for Chelsea. The FA Cup stripped away yet again. What were your thoughts on the game? Did Chelsea perform well? Yeah, um, obviously a heartbreaking defeat again in the FA Cup final and probably the most heartbreaking one losing on penalties. The game was quite entertaining um, for the neutral viewer. And I thought Chelsea got off to a rocky start. The first 20 minutes, Liverpool looked really good. And I think one of the main reasons why is because, particularly on the left-hand side, Liverpool's left with Luis Diaz, is they constantly got in behind Chelsea's wing-backs, Rhys James and Marcos Alonso. And those wing-backs for Chelsea were prepared to go and close down those Liverpool full-backs, but it kind of left... Rudiger and Chalaba in particular a bit isolated and it gave Liverpool some good opportunities obviously Diaz had a one-on-one with Mendy which well done to Mendy he, he saved it he had a great game by the way Edward Mendy and uh, it was a good first 20 minutes from Liverpool and Chelsea couldn't get out of their own half but then after that first 20 minutes Chelsea started to settle in and I think the the threat from Chelsea came when those Liverpool fullbacks pressed onto Chelsea's wingbacks and it just allowed then the likes of Christian Pulisic or Mason Mount to find some space in behind Liverpool's fullbacks. And if those fullbacks for Liverpool didn't come to close down the wingback, then the wingbacks were an easy out of the press for Chelsea. And I think that eventually... They started to create some opportunities in behind those Liverpool fullbacks and started to then find space with Pulisic and Mount to connect with Romelu Lukaku. Lukaku did have uh, a chance, I, I remember, in that first half, which he put over the bar. But I felt Chelsea kind of evened the game out and, and were pretty good towards the end of that first half and the back half of the first half. And, and then they started the second half in similar fashion. And... Liverpool had just lost a bit of intensity in their press and Chelsea were taking the game to them. If Christian Pulisic is finishing as a bit better, Chelsea take the lead. And, you know, and then the game started to change. Liverpool were very strong, pressing higher up the pitch for the rest of that second half, I felt. And again, you always felt, I felt Chelsea struggled a lot in this game with the movements of Liverpool's fullbacks and they're wide players like Luis Diaz. I think it caused a lot of problems for Chelsea's wingbacks. And I mean, you got to look at the best chance of the game, which is Andy Robertson, who hits the post in the second half. And it's a ball to the back post where he finds himself in a bit of space. And I think that's kind of the area that Chelsea were kind of found it difficult to deal with most is those wingbacks, whether to press right on to the fullback or kind of stay narrow. And I think it caused problems for Chelsea uh, all game. But Chelsea did have moments, like I said, where they did look pretty secure defensively towards the end of the first half, beginning of the second half. And there were times where they, they did create opportunities and should have scored. And I think there's moments where both teams should have scored. Uh, kind of like the 
Carabao Cup final. And I mean, then you go into extra time and I felt Chelsea were actually the better team in extra time. And Liverpool kind of defended a bit deeper, couldn't press as much. And I think Chelsea, what what happened was I think they they had a lot of the ball. They had some situations, some chances, but they weren't causing enough of a threat in behind Liverpool's defense. Liverpool were pretty... They, they weren't pressing Chelsea as much and Chelsea needed a bigger threat in behind where Ruben Loftus-Cheek, uh, Christian Pulisic and Mason Mount all coming short to receive the ball. There was no one causing threats in behind Liverpool's center backs in extra time. And I think that allowed kind of Liverpool to get out of the extra time and force the game to penalties. I felt over the 120 minutes, Chelsea did quite well. And I felt it was overall fairly fairly even over 120 minutes. I mean, Liverpool probably should have won it in the 90, but I think over the 120 minutes, it was a pretty even game, and I felt Chelsea did well to match Liverpool, considering how good Liverpool have been this year. Yeah. Did injuries to Werner and Havertz hurt Chelsea's attacking threat, do you think? Yeah, I think it did, and I mentioned the extra time, and it, it was a disappointing, I think, part of the game for Chelsea because I, I sense Chelsea were on top in that extra time. Liverpool could have won the game in, in the 90 and ended the second half strongly, but Chelsea came out well in that extra time and Liverpool weren't pressing as high. They were a bit deeper and, you know, Werner and Havertz were both injured, right? Which, which was a big issue. And Tuchel was kind of had to bring on Loftus-Cheek. And like I said, you had three kind of players in that front three who all wanted to come short. You had no one spinning in behind that defense. And Werner was someone who I wanted to start to get in behind Liverpool's defense. Um, and then when I didn't see him in the starting 11, I'm like, okay, then we could bring him off the bench if we need him. To not have that option off the bench was was a killer. And we know Kai Havertz in these big games can get in behind defenses too and just add a bit of pace in the team. And it was really too bad they didn't have that. And I just wonder if Chelsea did have those options, whether it could have made a difference. Um, so I think it did hurt Chelsea. I think it did. And like I said, I think over the 120 minutes, Chelsea did quite well and they deserved to get to penalties. And it was another, you know, uh, yes, there were moments where Liverpool had opportunities and had chances and looked on top. But I mean, you're facing Liverpool. You're going to get that. But there were... Also moments where I felt Chelsea had Liverpool under pressure and created opportunities and could have scored and could have taken the lead themselves. And like I said, an extra time could have even maybe found the winner there. So I think there were moments where both were on top and the fact that it went to penalties was probably pretty fair uh, when you look back on the game. Uh, but to not have Werner and Havertz off the bench was was a bummer for sure. And I think it hurt Chelsea. Yeah. Um, with this being another defeat at Wembley on penalties, does this make Chelsea's season disappointing? Well, I think it's obviously fresh in our memory right now and we're all disappointed. I think it's wrong to say that this has been a disaster. Yeah. I also think it's wrong to say that it's been a great season. I think we got to meet somewhere in the middle on this and just call it a decent season. Kind of a subpar one. Uh, because, you know, there's been good things about this season. Obviously, we've won two trophies, the Super Cup, the Club World Cup, which was great. 
we fought our way to two cup finals and played against, you know, this Liverpool team that are one of the top two teams in the world. We forced them to penalties and, you know, we deserve to walk away with one of them at least. And to not is just heartbreaking. You know, but then there's also other parts of it where we finished again, like 20 points behind the leaders in the Premier League, which just isn't good enough. And we did lose two cup finals on penalties, which sucks. And we lost that heartbreaker in Madrid in the Champions League. So there have been good, there has been good things. There has been bad things. But I think at the same time, you have to acknowledge what this team has faced this year. And it's the most unique of situations with an ownership change midway through the season, kind of yeah. lingering in everyone's minds. And so, yeah, so I think that's been a massive distraction. And obviously there have been injuries to key players, as we've talked about a lot. So you have to take that into consideration. And considering that, I'd say we've dealt with everything quite well. Um, So I think overall we have to walk away from it thinking we didn't achieve what we wanted to achieve. But considering the circumstances, we did quite well to deal with everything. And we were literally a penalty shootout away from adding a third trophy. Two penalty shootouts away from adding a fourth. So fine margins, fine margins. And that's why I think it's wrong to say that this has been a bad season. Uh, Definitely hasn't been a great one, but I think it's been a decent one. And We have to appreciate the two trophies that we have won and the effort that this team has put in in difficult circumstances. Given that, obviously, to lose this FA Cup final, three losses in a row in FA Cup finals, it's another loss at Wembley. It's another heartbreaker at Wembley uh, on penalties this year. And just given how hard this team fought in the Carabao Cup final and the FA Cup final, to not come out with one of them is just harsh and just heartbreaking and this team totally deserved it. And that's that's what that's why I honestly felt pretty heartbroken after losing that one just because I felt we deserved it. After the the performance we put in in that League Cup final, the performance we put in in the FA Cup final, we deserved one at least. Yeah. That's completely fair. It was a very tough result for uh, Chelsea fans and you know, you've come close 3 years in a row. And to have it stripped away three years in a row is, is something. Something only a few fan bases will know about. Um, let's talk about Chelsea versus Leicester, though. The Premier League game that happened today. It ended in a 1-1 draw. What were your thoughts on the game? Should Chelsea have won? Ultimately, I don't think it makes a difference at this point. I think Chelsea are stuck in third. Yeah, no. Um, it doesn't make really a difference because Chelsea clinched top four after Arsenal's defeat to Newcastle. And this point actually officially secured third. Well, not officially because there's the goal difference, but our goal difference is way better than Tottenham's. So either way, this draw basically secures third place. In terms of the game, Chelsea played well. I liked what I saw for the most part. And I think Chelsea should have won. I think in the first half, Chelsea, and I think all game for the whole 90 minutes, I think Chelsea defensively were very strong. 
their press, their counter press, the way that they took time and space away for that midfield three of Leicester, because we know the quality James Madison has, well, we saw it with his goal, but we know the quality that he has when he gets in between the lines and he has time and space to turn and pick out the run of Iannaccio or Vardy. He didn't get that opportunity in this game, despite him scoring. And that midfield three of Mendy, Dewsbury Hall, and, and um, Madison struggled for most of the game because Chelsea's press really kind of suffocated them and didn't give them that any sort of space to receive the ball, turn, and pick out the runs of, front, of the front two. And that's why you saw the front two of Leicester quite isolated for most of the game. And also Chelsea, for the most part, pinned in those Leicester wingbacks with their press and didn't allow them to get up the pitch. So Chelsea did quite well defensively other than that error where I don't understand why Marcos Alonso leaves that ball for Tony Rudiger. That ball, Rudiger could not get to it in time. So Alonso had to follow the run and deal with it. And eventually, because he didn't deal with it and Rudiger couldn't get there in time, it ended up, the ball ended up fall, falling to Madison and Madison scores and there you go. But that was really the only defensive mistake. Uh, you know, I thought generally Chelsea did really well defensively. On the ball, I think Chelsea struggled in the first half and I think their system didn't really help them because I think those two holding midfielders and Jorginho and um, N'Golo Kante struggled against that midfield three to really drive from midfield and get the ball into Lukaku's feet. And also because we were playing a front three, that Leicester midfield three was pushing kind of Ziyech and Pulisic farther away from Lukaku and just not allowing them to come inside. Uh, so Lukaku was actually quite isolated because of that. And Leicester, because they were matching Chelsea's system with the wingbacks, they had the numbers in wide areas to deal with Chelsea's wingbacks. But in the second half, Thomas Tuchel made a few tactical changes that really worked and that really helped Chelsea's performance. They switched to a 3-5-2. Lukaku got more involved and Pulisic missed a sitter. And Chelsea dominated the second half and they should have scored. Pulisic should have scored. They should have won the game 2-1. That seems to be Chelsea's uh, thing these days dominating the second half right but it's never it's just it's still Chelsea's problem it's never enough to win right and ultimately it doesn't matter for this game but the finishing is really important for us and we need to work on it what were the key tactical changes in the second half do you think that made it so I guess dom dominating yeah well I, I had said although Chelsea had a lot of the ball in the first half Leicester did well defensively both teams look quite good defensively. It was just moments of brilliance that uh, was the reason that it was 1-1. But in the second half, uh, Chelsea defensively were brilliant, but Thomas Tuchel made a few changes. He switched to a 3-5-2. You saw Ziyech drop into more of a number eight role on the left of the midfield three with Jorginho holding and Kante on the right. And then Pulisic was playing off of Lukaku, and we know that Lukaku likes to have a second striker to play with and just having Pulisic closer to him who was able to kind of drift around him and switching to that midfield three allowed Chelsea to play through midfield more and get Lukaku involved and actually what what worked also was 
what you started to see was those kind of box-to-box midfielders, Ziyech and Kante, came into wider areas and the wingbacks tucked into midfield, Alonso and Reese James. Reese James in particular was really key. His movement in kind of drifting into midfield, his movement in between the lines of Leicester connected with Romelu Lukaku and uh, was able to just draw defenders out of positions and open up gaps in behind the Leicester defense. And I thought that was really good from Tuchel. And I thought of it at halftime, maybe going to a 3-5-2 just to get Lukaku more involved and more numbers in midfield because uh, ch- Leicester were comfortable in that area and the switch was very good. And I felt, um, you know, Reese James was was a good change to kind of tuck him in from that wing back role and switch it to a 3-5-2. And then actually what you then saw was Ruben, they, Thomas Tuchel made a few subs and Reese James actually played in midfield as a number eight. He wasn't tucking in from wing back. He was actually playing there. Aspie came as the wing back and then Reese James came into midfield and Ziyech was more playing underneath Lukaku. So pretty interesting. Tuchel got creative, but I felt it worked for, for those reasons because it allowed Chelsea to get Lukaku more involved. And you actually saw on the big chance Chelsea created was... Reese James and and Kante combined to open up a space in between the lines, and then uh, a gap is opened up behind. Lukaku makes the run. The support from Pulisic is there, and then he misses the sitter. Uh, That should have been the moment. Uh, So, yeah, I felt Chelsea were very good in the second half. They just couldn't find the finish. And what else is new, right? Here we are again. Uh, So, yeah, Chelsea played well. They should have won the game, but, again, what else is new? Yeah, literally. So yeah, I think we covered all the points of this game. It was, I mean, it was a disappointing result given given we should have won. But at the end of the day, this game didn't really matter that much. Uh, we fin- we're most likely to finish third in the Premier League, given the goal differential and the points we have against Tottenham. And yeah, all t- we have one game left in hand for the Premier League, and then we get a nice summer for Chelsea. Um, but. Chelsea versus Watford. Let's talk about this game. Let's preview this. What have your thoughts been on Watford this season? Are you surprised they've they've been relegated? Yeah, so I'm not surprised one bit. I always felt Watford and Norwich would be the ones who went down. I, I had thought Brentford would be a surprise, and they were. But Watford and Norwich, for me, are really good enough for, for the Premier League this year. Very leaky defenses, and they've conceded way too many goals and yeah, th- th- those are championship teams in my eyes. Th- those those squads aren't good enough uh, at the Premier League level. So I'm not surprised by Watford. I mean, they have a few uh, good pieces in there. I know Emmanuel Dennis is, is a good player, but Ben Foster is another one. But uh, most of that squad is, is not good enough. Uh, so I'm not surprised where they are. Uh, they've gone through like four managers this year again which I mean that's you think Chelsea's crazy switching managers under Roman Abramovich check Watford out I mean this is nuts what I've seen over the years um so yeah poor Ben Foster too he seems like such a nice lad yeah I mean yeah you feel bad for Ben Foster after watching his YouTube channel a lot but um yeah no I'm I'm not surprised by Watford at all yeah 
what can we expect from Watford when we play against them? How did Chelsea beat them? Yeah, well, since they're kind of down and out and both teams are kind of down and, well, Chelsea aren't down and out, but they have basically secure third. Both teams really have nothing to play for. That's what I'm trying to get at. And um, I think it might lead to a bit of a dull game. Yeah, I think Watford will probably sit in, try to frustrate Chelsea, try to hit them on the break with the likes of Emmanuel Dennis. And Chelsea will have to be prepared for that. But I also think Chelsea probably won't have so much urgency to them either. Yeah. I think with third basically secured, that FA Cup finals kind of fresh in the memory. And I think you even saw against Leicester, like towards the last 15 minutes of that game against Leicester, the crowd's trying to push the guy, the, the boys on to go and get a winner. But you just felt kind of they lost a bit of intensity the last... 10, 15 minutes, they didn't want to really chase the game as much. And with kind of third place secured and that FA Cup final fresh in Chelsea's memory, you don't really blame them for a lack of urgency. And uh, I, I think that's what you might see here. Um, I, I, I don't think both teams will be very urgent. But I think with Watford, like I said, you know, I think Chelsea should have most of the ball. As usual against Watford, put this Watford backline under pressure as much as possible. They've conceded a lot of goals. Like I said, I think it's a championship level backline, to be honest. And hopefully, good service into Lukaku. Because, um, you know, put put a lot of balls into box from wider areas with those wing backs, especially up against probably a back four for Watford. We could f- probably find some space with wing backs and give Romelu Lukaku a chance to attack some balls in in, in the 18-yard box. So, yeah, I expect uh, a deep defense from Watford, and hopefully those wingbacks could be really influential for Chelsea, and they're going to have to deal with Emmanuel Denison in counterattacking situations for sure. Yeah. Um, can we get a starting 11 prediction for Chelsea on this game? Yeah, well, the final game, I can't believe this. It has been... 62? Is it 63? No, I think this is 63. 63 games this year. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. Chelsea were in a lot of tournaments, to be fair, though. And they made it, They yeah, they made it a good distance, too, in each of them. Yeah, fine margins, eh? Fine exactly. margins. But, but um, yeah, this 63 games out of a possible 66. And... Yeah, we have done 63 games on this podcast this year, plus the the Canada games during the international window. So That's impressive. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So, yeah, it's been busy. But um, back to the starting 11 for our final game with Chelsea this year. Um, Let's go with Mendy and goal. Rudiger in his final game for Chelsea. I think they give Kepa a chance in this one. You think? I think so. Okay, well, you'll say Kappa. I'll go with Mendy. Uh, Rudiger's final game as a Chelsea player. Uh, Thiago Silva in the center of that back three. Aspilicueta on the right side of the back three. Alonso at left wing back. Reese James, the best right back in the world, at right wing back. Um, Mateo Kovacic hopefully can come back, although I don't know about his ankle. It's apparently extremely swollen, like a balloon ball. So 
If not Kovacic, Kante, and then the other one, Jorginho. And uh, and then we'll go with the front three of Romelu Lukaku, Mason Mount, and let's go Timo Werner. Do you think... Um, I have a question, though. You mentioned... Uh... You mentioned Kante, and I remember I saw this post that Eric Ten Hag is uh, looking to introduce him in his rebuild as part of the Man U squad. Do you see that potentially happening in the transfer window this year for Chelsea? No, I think Kante's staying this summer. I think he's going to stay. All right. Could you imagine, though? I think that would be an interesting... It would be a very smart choice, I think, on Eric that he wants to do that for Pogba's sake and for the midfielder's sake. Yeah, I think actually Man United will probably look for more more of a true kind of number six holding midfielder. I think that's probably what they're going to look more towards, what I think they probably should look more towards. Um, I don't really see Kante leaving. But obviously Kante would be a good addition for anyone, and that's why I hope that no one can have him but us. Uh, and... I mean, I'm. I was gonna say I'm gonna switch. Actually, one thing in the front three that I said, I'm gonna put Kai Havertz in from Timo Werner. He got subbed on against Leicester. He got a little buzz cut. I want to see. Uh, I want to see Kai Havertz in that front three with uh, Lukaku and Mason Mountain. In that case, by the way, I'd have Kai Havertz playing just off the left. Well, there you have it. The starting eleven. Is there anything else you want to add to the preview of this game, Adam? Not really. A, a tough week for Chelsea. A tough way to end the season. Not a fun way to end the season. Kind of a depressing yeah. few episodes. But it's just how it is. That's football for you. Yeah. But hopefully we can end the, the, the season with a win. Uh, finish with 74 points. With that said, we will be back next week to recap Chelsea's Premier League season. And also, I guess we'll be handing out a few awards. So stay tuned for that. Yes. Get your player of the season, goal of the season, and maybe others. Wow, has it been a year since we've done that? It has been a year since we started this podcast, wow. yeah. All right, guys. Oh, no, wait, no, we did the uh, we did all the, the awards at the end of the year. The end of the... Yes, that was for the calendar year. This is for the season. Well, there you have it, guys. But thank you all for listening and peace.